0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Changing Tides podcast. In each episode, we invite guests to have honest conversations about their mental health journeys with the goal of destigmatizing mental health within the Asian American Pacific Islander community. Due to the nature of the podcast, we'll be discussing a variety of mental health topics and possibly triggering experiences. While we and the majority of our guests are not trained professionals, we encourage you to practice self-care while listening and seek professional guidance if you or a loved one is in need of support. With that said, let's start the episode.
1: Hi, my name is Charlie and uh, my mental health journey I would describe as an adventure. Not the one that I necessarily wanted, but the adventure that I needed.
0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Changing Tides podcast. I am your host, Matthew Yonamura. Welcome to another episode. I'm so excited to share this episode with you. Uh, I had a lot of fun with this one, uh, specifically because of the guest. Not to say better than any of the other guests or anything like that. It was just a very special guest because this guest is my cousin. Uh, He has taught me a lot. He has been an inspiration to me, and we have gotten a lot closer over the years, and I'm really happy to have Charlie in my life. I will say, Charlie uses some colorful language, so I want to put a heads up for that in case any listeners are caught off guard with that, and I also want to say that we discuss LGBTQ plus matters that... I do my best to use the proper language and vocabulary surrounding it, Um, and if I don't, then I'm sorry, Um, but I want to give a heads up that we do discuss LGBTQ matters, and also a little bit, we touch briefly on substances and recovery. We also talk uh, quite a bit about Jehovah's Witnesses and that religion and Charlie's experiences with that, so just a heads up with that, uh, all of that and all lgbtq plus matters has to do with this particular case it does not necessarily mean it's a one-size-fits-all this was very much so one person's experiences so i want to give a heads up for that as well so i've hinted a lot about this interview i've foreshadowed quite a bit and i'll just let charlie do the rest of the talking and share the story from his point of view so without further ado i'd love to introduce my cousin charlie connor Charlie welcome to the podcast thank you big cousin for taking the time it's been a while since we've talked uh, in person I think the last time was when you were in LA we just drove around a little bit and talked but oh yeah yeah that was a (laughs) while ago I was in high school years I was in high school so it's been over four years I think wow no I saw you once when we were up when I went up north but anyways it's besides the point um Thank you for taking the time on the podcast. I'm really excited to share your story because I know part bits and pieces of it. And I think a lot of people could benefit from hearing from you. So um, I'd like to start by asking you about how, why you describe it as this adventure and why it was needed for you. I think um,
1: like as soon as we realize, and at least like I can only speak from my own experience, right? Like as soon as I realized that like mental health was important, it became this like journey. And the like adventure portion comes in of like, sometimes you gotta fight for it. You know, like you have to look at your mental health as this thing that you need to protect. Like, and sometimes even from yourself. So like this adventure has been like getting to know myself, getting to know like, How I interact with the people around me and like how that affects my mental health. And it's just been like this. I don't know. It's if you think of it like this is going to sound super narcissistic. Um, If you think of it like the hero's journey, right? Like you go through some stuff, you have some ups and downs, and then you come to this like pinnacle of like something either needs to change or you need to like give up something in order to move on. And it's like, that point in my mental health was like okay like i really need to commit myself to to like therapy and to recovery or else like i can't continue in this journey like i won't be able to continue so that's kind of why i think i look at it more of an adventure
0: yeah i think that makes a lot of sense actually i don't think it's narcissistic i think that's actually a really good comparison because you know i'm a film major so we learned about the different types of stories it's like You know, they say it's like man versus man. They say it's like man versus nature and man versus self. It's like there's these very like, like it's these versions of the hero's journey, but mental health, the mental health adventure, it's very much so all of them. There's external forces, there's the environmental forces. And then as you said, protecting yourself, like from yourself, because you could get in your own way all the time when it comes to your mental health. So I actually really loved your comparison. Um, But jumping into, you know, The actual adventure itself Um, if you can share what you're comfortable with of course but can you talk a little bit about you know your upbringing and what that was like for you yeah um
1: so um i was born and raised a jehovah's witness uh anybody that has any i guess experience with that kind of knows that they're um pretty controlling as far as like religions go a lot of times it gets um, associated with like Mormonism cause they're very similar <clears throat> in their like beliefs and how they treat their members. Um, and it's, so at the time it was really the only like way of life that I knew. So it just seemed normal. Uh, both my parents were Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, all my friends and family that like I knew were Jehovah's Witnesses. With the exception of like my kind of more distant relatives. So, uh, the. It's funny, I actually just talked to my therapist about this yesterday. (laughs) Um, I have a hard time wrapping my mind around calling it like abusive, and like that's my own, you know, journey that I have to take with my therapist. But I will say that right now it was very strict. Um, not only having a father who was, you know, Japanese, what would be, or like second generation?
0: Uh, I believe for your side, because my mom makes me fifth generation. Okay. I think your dad would be third, I think.
2: Yeah, third? I think think
0: your dad and my dad are both third generation. Okay, so
2: whatever that
1: makes me, Um, still like very strict, like kind of stereotypical Japanese household where um, it was like, you will get good grades, you will double check all your homework. And if you don't, you're going to be grounded. Um, And on top of that, like, the emotional unavailability of a father was, um, was challenging growing up of like, kind of not knowing where I stood with him, not knowing, like, was I doing enough, was I good enough, Um, which also, again, played into the being raised a Jehovah's Witness and the sort of indoctrination techniques that, um, that they use kind of lends itself to, like, okay, well, I don't really have to think for myself because everything is... You know laid out for me and even though I don't know where I stand like I know what I need to do so that was that was my childhood
0: you know I you describe it I you know from your point of view I'm surprised that you discuss it with such maturity Um, because when I look at it like from my outside looking in like just as a relative, as the distant relative that I really didn't know about your religion at the time or much about your family as a whole. Like when we were growing up, I just remembered like you guys had a lot of movies and for some reason you didn't have cable TV. I remembered that. And that was basically what I remember from like growing up, going to visit you guys in Northern California. Um, But yeah, I, do you hear me now? yeah yeah i got you i literally like as i was mid i was mid monologue and like i saw the like wi-fi bars bouncing um are you guys getting power shutoffs down there from the fires so far no okay but i don't know sometimes i i I don't know i don't think it will happen again that's not a, a recurring thing but if it is i'll figure something out but anyway before my internet just cut out but ultimately what i was saying is You discuss everything with such maturity, and I'm very glad to hear that you use um, therapy as such a tool to your advantage because, and you're very open about it, which is something that's not common in the Asian community and not, I don't think with some hardcore religions, I don't think it's super common to discuss mental health either. It's a lot about praying and through your faith. So I'm very happy to hear that. Um, So... If we could kind of jump forward a little bit about, you know, your your young adulthood and at what point you felt maybe something was wrong or you weren't entirely comfortable in your own skin. And before I ask any more questions or add on, I want to say that I'm doing my best to use the most like um, accurate language around, um, you know, your transition. So I apologize if anything is offbeat, but I'm doing my very best. So but if you could walk through your young adulthood.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not going to take your head off because we're all learning and Mm -hmm. that does nobody any favors. I appreciate it. You're not
0: referring to me correctly. I appreciate (laughs) it. (laughs) It's
1: all good. Um, so I think that I've kind of always been uncomfortable in my own skin. Um, and that's just for different reasons altogether. Like, um, some of it had to do with like gender, some of it had to do with like, I just always felt wrong. Um, simply just being a Jehovah's Witness, you're taught that like, no matter how good you are or how good you try to be, that like, you might not be good enough. And like, there's no way to know that because only God will know that. Mm. And, um, but the deeper issue, and I think, like you said earlier, what you're getting more at is um, my gender identity. So um, yeah, I, I guess it's, do you want the long or the short version? <laughs>
0: I think I'd be happy to share the long version but and I think you know your story is probably more powerful than you give it credit so if you're willing to share the long version I think I'm here for it and I think anyone listening would be here for it.
1: Okay so back in 1988
0: <laughs> <laughs> Go for it I mean hey if that's what it is then go for it. Um.
1: So I'm what they would call an elder millennial I was born in 88 Um, so, okay, so I've always been a tomboy, and always, and that's, I think some people get a little bit confused of, like, oh, well, are you a tomboy? Does that mean you're trans? Like, no, like, some people are just tomboys, and they're completely, you know, they're happy in their own body, and they're fine being, like, a girl who is a tomboy. Um, and for me, like, I didn't even have the concept or the vocabulary for, for being trans until I was like 24. Hmm. Um I didn't even know it was a thing. Like I knew like gay and lesbian was like a thing. And like I had almost no no contact with anybody who was in the LGBT community until I was in my like early to mid-20s. Wow. Okay. So being a good, like, Jehovah's Witness girl growing up, like, I wore skirts three times a week, I went door to door to, like, try and convert people, and it was just, like, kind of expected that, like, once I reached a certain age, like, I would get married, and have a family, and do that, and then, you know, make more little baby Jehovah's Witnesses, (laughs) and I just always had this issue of like, I never want to be pregnant. Like, I never want kids being pregnant. Sounds freaking awful. Um, but like, I, you know, I guess there's no other choices. So like I got married, Um, you know, he was the first guy that I ever seriously dated. Um, like all in all, like nice guy, no issues with that. Um you know, we were married for six or seven years, I think. Because, you know, we got married right out of high school. We were, we dated through high school. And really the way that I look at him now, like looking back, like he was just like a really good friend. Um, but yeah, I didn't, like I said, like, I didn't know any better. I had no idea. Um, and so we started, um, they would call it, the Jehovah's Witnesses would call it struggling, right? We Mm. weren't going to meetings super regularly. um, And like, we started having like these questions like, well, you know, if you guys teach this, then why that, you know, and without getting into the whole like religious aspect of it, basically started questioning the religion. And in high control groups like that, super not an okay thing to do. Yeah. And so the elders came by and they're like, well, you know, you you shouldn't have these questions and et cetera, et cetera. At the end of all that, me and my ex-husband decided to leave the church. Mm. We were like, you guys aren't consistent.
0: Doesn't make sense. Do you mind if I ask what age you were when you decided to leave the church?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, no, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I do need to look it up because um i don't want to be wrong here and it just was a while ago
0: okay if you don't if you don't know the exact date off top then 2014
1: 2014? yeah so i was 26 okay i'm like math uh yeah so i was 26 okay i had to leave got it um and it's it's really interesting because It's almost like as soon as we decided to leave, and as soon as we started, like, branching out in our worldview, um, I started looking at things a lot differently, and it happened super quick.
2: Mm. So,
1: and that just goes to show you that, like, without that constant indoctrination, like, People will will leave. And that's why certain groups are like, well, you're going to go to meetings three times a week and you're going to mm. only talk to people that are in your religion and you're only going to, you know, read these kinds of books and you're not going to go on the internet. Right. And so um, without the control of information, it kind of allowed me to think for myself for really the first time ever. And um so I like, I remember distinctly going up to. My then husband being like, I think I'm gay.
2: Mm.
1: And he was like, I mean, cool.
2: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> right. He's like, sweet, my wife's a lesbian. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so um, like that, that all kind of happened pretty quickly. Cause I was like, no, like, I don't know if it's just that. Like something just doesn't feel right.
2: Mm.
1: And he was like patient and kind, and he was like, okay, like you know whatever whatever you need to do he's like we're only living one time like we got mm-hmm. one shot at this so like right. if you do something to like make yourself happy like do it um and that's not to say that like it wasn't difficult because there was a lot of hard conversations that kind of had to happen between then and like me coming out as trans
2: mm-hmm.
1: um so i started watching a lot of these youtube videos of all these trans guys and I just remember really relating to them
2: Hmm.
1: and really feeling like wow like I connect with that
2: Hmm.
1: almost everything that they were saying about like their dysphoria and how that like um how that manifested for them and it was funny I was like well maybe I'm just like super curious because I've never been exposed to it before maybe maybe this is just normal and I remember talking to somebody and they were like look what do they say normal people don't go on youtube binges unless it's something that really really relates to them
2: hmm.
1: and i was like okay and you know i don't know how true that is but mm-hmm. for me it resonated right so um i think i went to it was about six months of like actual therapy two times a week with my therapist and just, like, talking to her about it, like, I mean, and she knew, like, some of my history, and, like, I think I'm trans, like, I don't really know, this is super scary, and, um, you know, after, you know, working through that, like, at my own speed, I was able to kind of start my social transition, hmm. and, you know, a lot of doctors, they're like, you know, we want, we want to see you kind of, like, live, as the gender that you want to be before we start making permanent changes. So um, I picked out a new name and I had my friends start calling me that and, you know, started binding and dressing differently and cut my hair short. And then, you know, once I had a couple of appointments with like an endocrinologist and a couple of different doctors, they're like, okay. And they signed me up and I started my medical transition Hmm. in um, October of 2015. Teen.
0: gotcha wow okay so first off i didn't know you went like door to door trying to like convert people like i didn't I, like I, like the extent to which like your upbringing being jehovah's witness i didn't know any of that um and then i remember distinctly we went to a dinner when you were still married and i remembered you were showing my mom like a tattoo I think like on your wrist and I was like oh this is different this is like different from the the Charlie I knew at the time like at the time and I remembered like your hair was styled differently and like it was like a leather jacket and I was like wow this is like a different Charlie and I kept looking at you from like across the table I was like like something so different. And I think I'm guessing this was around the time when, you know, you stopped going to as many meetings with the church. And then I, like, as you said, it happened quickly. Like once we started calling you Charlie and all this, this, these things changed, like, I remember just like, it was all so quick. And, um, so I'm happy to hear about, you know, the way that you got there. It sounds like you had a lot of support, you know? Um, so I'm also curious about, um, The support that you had in this this transition this time of transition both socially and then you know physically like besides watching these youtube videos did you find a community to really help you get through this time yeah um let's see sorry i'm just reviewing my notes i don't want
1: to get too off topic no worries um yeah so in the in the process of like leaving the Jehovah's Witnesses, um, I also actually ended up getting into recovery um, and going to recovery meetings because, and this is this is the shady stuff that like no actual Jehovah's Witnesses will talk to you about. Hmm. There is a huge issue with people who are Jehovah's Witnesses using alcohol and prescription drugs to, like, just get through and maintain, like, being in the church. Wow. So I got into recovery, like, around the time that all of this was happening because I apparently like to do everything all at once. (laughs) So I got clean, I got a divorce, and I transitioned, like, within nine months. Mm. Like, all that nine months so i don't remember where i was going with that oh um so the community that i found in recovery like obviously they're like all tatted up like have had like life experience Mm -hmm. right and like could give two fucks oh sorry they didn't care okay that's fine (laughs) (laughs) Um, they didn't care about You know, who I wanted to sleep with, how I wanted to cut my hair, you know, what what I wanted to do to transition They're Like, as long as you're clean and as long as you're happy, we don't care. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So I had this great community of people in recovery and then also in the LGBT community that is also in recovery. Mm
2: -hmm. Like,
1: uh, what do you call the intersectionality? Where a bunch of different identities kind of merge. Right like they all just surrounded me with love
2: mm.
1: and they were patient and they they kind of like understood what I was going through and I think that common experience has um a very lasting bond
2: mm.
1: it's um and not to like disrespect people that have like actually served in the military but I liken it to people that have, like, gone through combat together. Okay. Um, it's that kind of bond of, like, we've been through some shit and we know what we've been through.
0: Gotcha. Like, kind of like a, like, I, I guess what you're, another way of putting it maybe would be, like, a shared experience that, like, you and that particular group, like, that's something that you guys only could relate to. So I, I, I understand what you're getting at there. Um. So I love to hear... You know the support that you did have, but I know I know the majority of this. But like, what like was there pushback that you faced when you decided to transition? Um, yeah. <laughs>
1: so um, initially, some like pushback and hesitancy towards my coworkers at the time,
2: mm.
1: and towards some of the friends that I had at the time. Um, but really, at this point in my life. All of my immediate family and my friends that I knew growing up, growing up, had already begun shunning me and haven't, like, talked to me. Mm-hmm. So I really only had people who were, like, okay with it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um It's, I try really hard not to think about the people that I've you know, lost, or the people that have chosen to like, walk away from me, because I think in some in some ways, it still affects my ability to show up in my relationships today. Mm. The like, I'm not good enough for people, and that's why they leave is not necessarily true. Um, That's like my own flawed thinking because of how people treated me before and because of the religion that they're a part of and getting to a place of like, even though my parents don't talk to me, like they're doing what they think is best
3: and in their mind,
1: they're doing what shows they're doing what shows their love for me to like god Mm. and to them that's more important than showing up for me in real life Mm. so like i can't i can't judge them for that too harshly because I, i i was expected to do that as well when i was a jehovah's witness and so I know that that's difficult. The only difference is like I got out. So um, I I much prefer to think about the relationships and the friendships that I've gained
2: mm.
1: in coming out and in, you know, being my authentic self. Um, like I had no idea who you guys even were. <laughs> like... You were my cousins that would, like, come visit once a year, and we'd go to, like, grandma and grandpa's house, right? Yeah. (laughs) And we would have, like, one or two awkward dinners, and then we would go (laughs) home.
0: No, exactly. You know, but,
1: like, now it's, now I actually have a meaningful relationship with you guys, which is, Mm -hmm. which is awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) That's kind of what I was getting at earlier about like I knew you had no cable TV and like <laughs> <laughs> like the way that like we've grown together now like that that car ride um like five years ago maybe it was you and me and we just drove around LA and like I asked you about your experiences and you educated me so much and like that was a deeper conversation in that one day than we like all collectively had had any time prior to that yeah so like in becoming you know like in in this transition of you gaining people losing people like i know for me like i'm happy for you of course but then like on my side like like selfishly like i'm so happy that i've gained this relationship that we have because like I, i i know there's like a mutual appreciation that we have back and forth and it's just like it's awesome because again like it was awkward dinners and that was the extent to it yeah (laughs) Um, like it's wild to think about because like I like it's honestly like I it's so hard to meet for me to even think back to any of that I I remember the thing that I that stood out the most to me was like the wedding and the like priests and this long speech that didn't make sense to me in any way shape or form and that's when I realized like what it meant that you guys were Jehovah's witnesses it was like a different my, way of thinking yeah. and i yeah so yeah it's i'm very grateful for the relationship that we've developed as well um you know so we we've touched we've t- touched on our relationship and how this is strengthened but i was also curious you know did any other relationships strengthen or deepen you know once you transitioned
1: well My therapist would say that the most important relationship is with myself. (laughs) Mm. Um, And I would say that it got easier. I don't know if I would say that it got better because I don't know if I even had a relationship with myself before this. Interesting. Um, Like being self-aware is not something that happened for me until I was like my mid-20s. Wow. Yeah. And so, you know, after... I felt more at home in my mind and in my body Um, like that relationship with self got way easier Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I moved through the world differently and a little bit more gracefully Um, and that's not saying a whole lot because I'm still super ungraceful in a lot of different (laughs) areas (laughs) Um, but you know I think that that's that's important to touch on especially because of the topics of this podcast being mental health right like your ability to be self-aware is super important um one of my childhood friends um she also left the jehovah's witnesses um and we like grew up together our relationship has gotten like way better since i've transitioned as well mm. and she was one of the first people that came to visit me after I had one of my surgeries. And she was like, dude, you look awesome. Like you look like you carry yourself differently. Like you don't like hunch over and try to like hide who you are. Um, and you know, for someone like her to say that it was, it was big for me. It was very like, uh, it was a big affirmation that like I was on the right path because she saw me like, since I was like, 13 or 14. Oh, okay. Wow. So, yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, going back to your relationship with self is that like, when you feel content and happy within yourself, all of the relationships around you will improve um, because you're able to show up authentically and fully in those relationships. And so, you know, having the love and support, of like your family reaching out to me when I, I think it was like a Facebook post that I posted. I was like, hey everybody, I'm trans. (laughs) (laughs) Like your dad reached out to me. He was like, I I don't care about that. He's like, I love you. And me and my family will be here for you regardless. And like getting to see like firsthand what unconditional love actually looks like. Mm was huge for me um and it was just it was really nice to see that like some of my family decided to stick around
0: Mm -hmm. sorry that made me emotional (laughs) because um like the pride in the way my dad sorry not to make it about me it's more a comment on jeff (laughs) yonamura is like the way he stepped up and you know i don't think he could have easily picked like going like turning his back on you because that's not who he is but like the pride that i felt when he like when i know that you guys were in such close communication and he was like entirely there for you i was like so proud of him because it's like you know he grew up like in a different time when this stuff wasn't accepted like at all like like i don't know if there was a trans community when he was like i i truly don't know um so it's like i'm 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 incredi- I've am i always been incredibly proud of the way he was there for you even though like you know it could have been weird because of his brother but like it didn't matter to him and it didn't matter to any of us like at all and um so yeah I'm very like I, I'm so glad because I know that he feels a lot closer to you too ever since like you did transition so sorry to go on a tangent about my dad and not about you. But no I, I, think it's I' important yeah, like it was it was it was awesome for him, like that I think he did that, um, and by the way, just because I didn't make it clear before to the listeners, like one of the reasons why that our my family was there is because we my dad actually wasn't Jehovah's witness, even though the rest of his his brother and his parents were or mom. I don't think grandpa was right, no, right, so it was just my dad's mom. And then my dad's brother, who is Charlie's dad, were Jehovah's Witness. But my dad wasn't. Therefore, it was easy for my family to like, kind of be separate from all of it. But in case that wasn't clear. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. You're going to need like a family tree. With I that. know. I'm gonna, Maybe I have to do a graphic <laughs> for this. We'll see. Just in case anyone's curious. It's like a, the Marvel movies. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Mental health is something I'm incredibly passionate about, not only through changing tides, but also for myself, my peers, my family, and the listeners of this podcast. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's not a crisis line, it's not self-help, it is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 15,000-plus counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide, and you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. One of the great things about BetterHelp is that you can see a therapist who may not be local to your area that has a specific skill or experience that make them a great match. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and the Changing Tides podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash changing tides that's better h-e-l-p.com slash changing tides so through all this through all the work you've done on yourself mentally and the way you you know you're evolving still and all of us are still evolving but uh, where are you today you know mentally and in your life as a whole after all of this
1: I think I still use the mantra of like one day at a time,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um because I still have my ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Um, today, I feel great today. I feel like even though there were some pretty low lows after leaving the Jehovah's Witnesses and like starting on my path towards being who I am today, like those struggles and having like those lows, like now I know that like even my worst day today is not gonna look like my worst day back then. Mm. So um, yeah, today I'm just like in a lot of gratitude. Um, I'm able to have a job that I'm a responsible employee. I am able to go to school because my fiance is, like, super awesome and has really pushed me towards, like, no, like, if you want to go to school, fucking go to school, so, um, like, having her support has been super, super helpful, Um, not only in, like, the academics and, like, the secular part of it, but, like, you need to go to therapy. <laughs> like I know, I know it's been a while, but like uh-huh. you're kind of being a dick. <laughs> but like someone that calls you out on your shit is like super important. Yeah, definitely. So like I am super grateful of like the people that are still in my life today who challenge me to be a better person.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And my ability to do the things that I love. Um like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here today if if i didn't push through like those dark periods
0: right yeah you know that's that's the whole thing it's like i the understanding that although for the most part like then compared to now it's a huge like 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 it's way better but like the ups and downs still happen Mm -hmm. that's something that like i've struggled with is you know, I've, I'm doing so much better than what it's, how I once did, but then like falling, like those down times, it's like, oh, I thought I was past all this. It's like something where you have to be like, no, you're allowed to still have bad days. It's not gonna be like how it used to be. You're just, you're gonna have bad days as you're still progressing. Um, so I'm glad you said that. Um, and then also like, you know, I'm sure with like finding new, support systems and finding your new friends and whatnot but you know what was the most difficult part about reinventing who you are like in your 20s like it's like we go through like middle school and high school and that's kind of like our time of change but like you were in your mid-20s when you you make this big life change so like what was it like for you to kind of have to reinvent yourself
1: um I think the feeling of like I wasted so much time.
3: Mm.
1: Um like,
3: and
1: and again, like I think that uh, the the reason for my journey or like <clears throat> my the unique way that like I was able to transition of like having lived experience as a female mm. is is helpful because like I can relate to women mm. like as a man. And especially in, like, my job, like, I can relate to women and be like, no, like, this is your choice. Like, you you get to have autonomy over your body. And, like, I respect that. And I also understand.
2: Mm.
1: And being able to kind of see both ends of the gender binary mm. that we live in today in society's, like, mind, I, I think it gives me a pretty unique perspective on... You know gender roles mm. um and so oh you're at you're looking for negatives that no be.
0: no not at all <laughs> I not at all I'm just looking for like not, not negative I'm not looking for negatives or positives like at all I'm just curious like like what was it like because not only in transitioning but it's when you were leaving the church like in this mid-20s as you said you did everything all at once like <laughs> yeah this finding yourself like what was it like to be going through all this change all at one time you know
1: see that's why i wrote stuff down and i was
0: like anyways
1: um i think having to walk away from like a marriage Mm. and like a life that i was building with this person and being like okay well gotta go right (laughs) like that was that was rough um but like also like an opportunity to like grow um like (laughs) my friend and any of the younger listeners out there ignore this part but one of my (laughs) friends she says you know marriages are like pancakes you gotta throw the first one out
0: anyways (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh
1: (laughs) (laughs) don't let that jade you like some people get married one time and it works out and it's awesome. <laughs> um, and the the only other like real struggle I'd say is like second puberty,
0: like that, sh- <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: like acne and like hair getting like sweaty for no reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's been rough.
0: And just to be clear, the second puberty—that's because of like the like medical side of things, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, so okay. testosterone right. makes you dumb.
0: <laughs> hey, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say you're wrong, because <laughs> I'd be lying if I said you were wrong, because, <laughs> and also, like, the sweating for no reason. Like, you're preaching to the choir. It's ridiculous.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, But, yeah, that's interesting, because, like, I guess I didn't realize your timeline of, until now, but it really was, like, all in your mid-20s of this drastic change of leaving the church transitioning new groups like new friend groups all this was all hitting you at once so it was like a total time of change for you and um this is kind of just a quick question but I was curious if you were have if you had therapy at the time or if you were mostly relying on like your different support groups um both okay cool I'm glad that you had those because like All that change all at once without like healthy outlets to discuss it, like that's awesome. Yeah, and Zoloft. Hey, Zoloft saved my life. (laughs) No, I you're preaching to the choir. Like, um, finding the right prescription drug for your mental health, if it's prescribed and if it's necessary, of course, as you go see a like a mental health like a psychiatrist, it could like it's completely changed my life. So, of course, therapy is amazing. But like sometimes you do depending on the person need like a chemical reactional change so um so okay so i this is a kind of a longly worded question just because i'm unsure how to ask this correctly but i know you told me about the way you know the lgbtq plus community has been there for you throughout your journey uh, can you tell the audience about how you were welcomed and how the community helped you throughout your journey. I know you discussed the journey, like the the groups that you sought out, but as a whole, like, did people answer your questions? Did you meet people face-to-face? Like, how was that community there for you? Um. Yes. I <laughs> <laughs> understand. Uh,
1: yeah, so, I mean, this was all pre-COVID, right? So, like, mm. I... And part of it was, like, I had to take those first steps. Like, I had to drive myself to the Castro. And, like, oh, so the Castro in, in San Francisco is, like, a big gay okay. area. Got it. In, like, West Hollywood. Okay. Um, So, like, I had had a couple of, like, queer friends that I knew in, like, the area that I lived in. And they were, like, okay, like, well, let's go to the Castro. And, like, you can see, like, what this is really about. <laughs> and um so like I had to like step outside my comfort zone and so you know driving out to like queer spaces and like hanging out and I don't know I'm probably gonna offend some people in this podcast so I'm just gonna say what I have to say I don't know what it is but like we can spot baby queers (laughs) we're like you're new (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, and I think that's kind of what happened, like, I would show up to these spaces, and, like, these, like, older queer people would, like, kind of take me under their wing, and, like, mm. hey, like, let me show you around, Um, you know, this is what this is, and, you know, come over here, and have, like, brunch with us over here, and things like that, and I think just having that, like, kind of older community of people who've, like, gone through that, mm-hmm. um, to just, like, oh, like, I have a whole new family, mm. and um, in the queer community, it's, we refer to it as, like, our chosen family, mm. and so, yeah, like, the love and the acceptance and the patience of, like, me still trying to figure out my shit,
2: mm-hmm. and like,
1: stumbling and, like, you know, hanging out with other trans people, and, like, I would I would accidentally misgender someone. And it's like, oh my gosh, like I'm trans. Mm. How, how does that happen? Mm. But it happens because we're all socialized the same way growing up. And so it's like having that compassion for one another, like as we like move through these spaces has been super, super helpful for me of like, okay, like we're all just trying to be better. And we're all just trying to get to a space where we feel loved and expe- accepted. And in those, like, queer spaces, giving each other room for that
0: was, like, hugely important for me. Mm. I also, the fact that you said, like, you could spot out the baby queers is super silly to me, just because, like, I don't know if that's the official term, but, like... (laughs) I think it's also cool because it's like you if you see someone that's a little more timid or like wandering a little bit more and like they're not as, you know, they're clearly in a new space. You, I, I think it was what it led to was like, hey, let me welcome you in and show you around. Like that's awesome because that's like, it's like um, going to college in the new city or whatever you go to college and you have orientation week. Like I can't imagine like not having an orientation for this new location you're in. Like no matter what it is, like if you're being welcomed into a new space. So having someone to show you the ropes is awesome. And it's cool that it's not like, <laughs> like a set thing. It was just people who are like, let me show you around. Let me welcome you into our community. Like that's awesome that it wasn't like a forced upon thing. Um, so that's dope. Uh, Charlie, we are coming to a close. We're coming towards the back end of this. But before anything, please share with the audience your middle name. <laughs> my legal
1: middle name is Danger.
0: And could you please share? just in case like the, the it's going over someone's head, could you please share like why danger?
1: Why danger? Yeah. Because being able to say danger is my middle name? There you go is like the best thing ever <laughs> of
0: course of course i just want to make sure like i get it don't worry i just want to make sure in case anyone's like what is going on it's like if you're like you're like adventurous you know they're like dangerous is my middle name like i can do it and like it's literally the fact for you so <laughs> yeah. i wanted to share that because i think it's awesome um but i have some quick fire fun questions for you but before we do that is there anything else you'd like to say before we jump into the quick fire round
1: i have to hold it out here because i'm old <laughs> no i think i touched on everything yeah cool i'm glad i don't remember what your quickfire round questions
0: are though so. oh i didn't send them to you on purpose because i want you to be a little bit on the spot yeah nah nah they're fun though they're, i mean I'd, I'd like to think they're fun but if you're ready i'll go ahead and throw some your way okay if you could invite five people to dinner, dead or alive, who would they be? Oh, okay.
1: <sighs> Are they all going to be together?
0: Yes, it's like a group dinner.
1: Ah, oh, this could be dangerous. Okay.
0: Or okay, okay. Then let's make it fun. If you want to do groups or like one-on-one dinners, you could do like five different dinners or group them together differently.
1: No, let's have them all at the same dinner table, It'd be exciting.
0: Okay. okay, okay.
1: Am I included in the five? Or is you... it six people? <laughs> let's it's do five. six people. You're okay. the sixth. <laughs> okay. Uh, my friend Jen, who passed away a few years ago. Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park. Okay. Gandhi. Okay does his interpreter count as another person or can that
0: just be okay well okay see the, we're we're gonna say it's seven people because like they're counted as a human being of course but like you know what i mean like you want like i want you to have room for other guests it's like okay. yes the interpreter counts as a human being so let's just up it to seven people so <laughs> they come as a duo okay yeah
1: Gandhi and his translator yeah. <laughs> um
0: I'm so sorry. My dog's yeah. Hold on, Jack. No, Jack. Bubba. Okay, he's he done. He has this. feelings about Gandhi coming to dinner. He really. Uh, he had. He was mad that the interpreter was invited. Oh. oh. oh okay. You know, dogs and male people. Anyway. Wait, Gaudian... male people like people that deliver the
1: mail or male people as in like dudes?
0: Clever. People who deliver the mail. Good gotcha. point. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Gaudi the translator. Gaudi the to... translator.
1: Jen. Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park. Right. Um, Jillian, because I really wanted to meet Jen. And
0: I think you have one more okay
1: one more this is harder than it seems like okay
0: you could count the translator as like the other person maybe they have good stories too no
1: <laughs> oh <laughs> let's invite my dad because that would be
0: super awkward Oh, do they have oh. to come? I'm sorry. I said,
1: do they have to like be there? Because like, yeah, he's like sure. forced to sit at dinner with all of these people. He would just be so uncomfortable and sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then he could go. <laughs> he's forced to go. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> oh, Charlie, you're
0: gonna get the imagine like
1: down. the Paul just sweating down
0: his face. Oh, Charlie, you're gonna get the Jehovah's Witnesses to come after me oh boy
1: (laughs) it's okay they're probably not allowed to listen to your (laughs)
2: podcast Stop!
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm so excited for my dad to hear this (laughs) (laughs) okay okay that was good thank you that was a good list i'm really happy with that list anyways moving right along what is a skill you don't have but wish you had Oh you got it. <laughs> I'm like I there's so you.
1: many. I, <laughs> oh. I lack so many skills. <laughs> um you know there's people that like are super good at picking up foreign languages oh and they can like i don't know like live in a country for a couple of weeks and they're like oh yeah i, I can totally yeah. get by that i want that, that bill.
0: whatever that's called that's what i want that's a good one i was thinking you'd say to grow a full beard but anyway going going right along if you could give it <laughs> it's okay it's okay don't worry it's not all about looks okay <laughs> we can't all have glorious beards like you I got lucky i'm the only one in my family that I could grow one you're the only asian who can it's a superpower what can i say <laughs> um if you could give you advice to yourself five years ago what would it be
2: how long was five years ago
3: 2016.
0: i don't even remember what i was doing in 2016 how about how about when you were Keep going? <laughs> how about when you were 25 however uh, long ago that was
1: many many moons ago <laughs> 25 oh that person that you're thinking about dating right now don't fucking do it
0: oh boy all okay. right um, i won't dive into that i'll let that be let that one go okay <laughs> Uh, to close it out, what would the title of your autobiography be? I
1: should have been more prepared because I literally listened to all of your podcasts.
0: Yeah, these are my defaults. I love these questions. <laughs> that's wow yeah i don't know Um, could i I throw a suggestion your way yeah i'm all yours my my middle name is danger yeah fine perfect cool yep okay or it could be your your like instagram handle your friendly neighborhood trans man yeah who knows i don't know you have you have good ones ready to go i think you just like it's it's like on the spot but you have good possibilities at your hand yeah
1: yeah i like that okay A friendly neighborhood trans man my middle yeah.
0: danger oh okay i like it i like it combine them cool i'm with it um charlie thank you so much for taking the time i miss you hopefully i'll see you soon i don't know if i'll be going up north anytime soon or if you'll be heading down but hopefully we link up soon um and yeah i love you thanks for coming on the podcast and yeah i hope i see you soon
1: Yeah. I love you too, man. Um, we'll be in touch. I, I want to plan a road trip, so.
0: Cool. Thank you again to Charlie for being a guest on the podcast and discussing your experiences in the Jehovah's Witness Church and also for your experience transitioning and also just talking with me because it's been so long since we've talked and heard your voice rather than like Facebook messages or Instagram or text. Uh, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, you could subscribe to our show for episodes that release on every other Tuesday and give us a rating or a review on your favorite podcast platform. If you'd like to support the podcast and help us grow, you can do so with a donation to the link at the bottom of the episode description. To hear more about Changing Tides, follow us on Instagram at LTSC underscore Changing Tides or check out our website, thechangingtides.org. Let's continue to change the tides on mental health.
2: We got, we got.